Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. That's right. This week, we are talking about an iconic, and I know we use that word a lot, but it is truly an iconic franchise. Yes, Indiana Jones, in honor of the new movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, that came out yesterday. This is the fifth movie in the Indiana Jones franchise and the last of the series, unless they decide to do some other spinoff. But the original bargain was for five Indiana Jones movies, and this is the fifth. But we'll talk more about that later. Yes. We're going to talk about this beloved, iconic action and adventure franchise that was created by George Lucas and produced by George Lucas and directed by Steven Spielberg. That's right. Big names in the movie industry. Big names in the action movie industry. So before we get into the meat of talking about the franchise, though, we're going to talk about the theme song as our song feature. Yes. This song is instantly recognizable if you have been alive in the last 40 years, pretty much. Yes, and it was scored by the legendary John Williams. What else is John Williams known for? E.T., Star Wars, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Schindler's List, Jaws, Harry Potter. That's right. He wrote Hedwig's theme song, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun for Harry Potter. Yes, that's right, and he did... Other famous movies by Steven Spielberg, like War Horse, Lincoln, The Fablemans, Jurassic Park. Wow. So he's written a lot of famous tunes. Yes, he's a legend, I know. Absolutely. And this Indiana Jones song is no different. It's, you know, it packs a punch. It says everything that it needs to say for the song of this franchise. Like dramatic, adventurous. Kind of suspenseful, I would say. Yeah, and I know that he did the music for shows like Lost in Space, Land of the Giants, and the first season of Gilligan's Island. Wow, what a repertoire. I think he announced that he will probably retire after the release of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, this most recent film, which in the trailer at least features a kind of slowed down, more nostalgic version of the original Indiana Jones theme song. Yeah. And you're right, John Williams is 91 years old, and he's still working as a composer. Although he's become more selective, it sounds like he might wrap his work up altogether after this movie, which would be, you know, a well-deserved retirement, but definitely a huge loss to the Hollywood music industry. Yeah, then I'm sure there would be some other composer who would do music just like his, to follow his footsteps. You're right, Ezra. I think that's a great attitude. There is someone just as brilliant and who can, if not replicate, because no one can replace him, who could definitely fill that void and write us some more incredible music. Yeah. So now let's move on to our feature presentation. Indiana Jones. I want to start this conversation off by saying a quote that I found by Steven Spielberg when he first learned about the character of Indiana Jones from George Lucas's imagination. Mm. And that's, 
oh, he's like James Bond without the hardware. I see. Interesting. Yes, he's like kind of like James Bond, but a little bit different. And I know George Lucas thought of the idea of this character following after he created Star Wars. Yeah, but Indiana Jones is a really different character from Star Wars, almost the total opposite conceptually. Instead of science fiction, it's action and adventure around the world. Yeah, and instead of being this like super technologically advanced setting that's sciencey and almost futuristic, Indiana Jones takes place in the past. So I think the first movie was in the 1920s or 30s. Yes, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So let's start with when we talk about this film, the original movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which first came out in 1981. That's right. And like I said, it was based in the 30s, so it was lacking a lot of technology that even that they had in the 1980s, much less now. Yeah. What were the what was the plot of that first Indiana Jones movie, Ezra? Indiana Jones, the world famous archaeologist, is the iconic scene where he finds the Lost Ark. And there's the, like, rolling boulder, which is a very iconic moment in the film. Totally. One of the most iconic film moments of all time. I'd say so, yeah. And he he's an explorer, and he goes to Egypt, goes to the Middle East. In search of the Lost Ark. Yes, and he meets a woman named Marion Ravenwood. That's right, and she's a fellow researcher who decides to help him. Yeah, that's right. And there's some evil people who are plotting on stealing the heart of the Ark. But they're not quite able to because of Indiana Jones. Who's the hero. Yeah. And throughout this whole movie, as all these things are happening, there's, you know, so much action packed in. I think that's what these movies are really known for is, like you mentioned, Ezra, the rolling boulder that chases Indiana Jones out of the temple. And, you know, scenes that happen on planes and in boats and in mine shafts. You know, the the chase scenes and the action scenes in Indiana Jones create this world where these people won't stop at anything to get whatever Indiana Jones has or vice versa. And it just sets the scene for some awesome adventure film content. Yes. And it also had Sala, who was Indiana Jones' partner. That's right. I remember that. Yes. And that film also reveals Indiana Jones's fear of snakes. Also a very famous scene. It's his vice, like kryptonite is to Superman. Yes, interesting. Yeah. So this first movie comes out in 1981 and it's wildly successful. Yes, it was a critical and commercial success. It received near universal acclaim and is now considered to be one of the greatest movies ever of all time. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that even at the time, obviously George Lucas was a huge name because of Star Wars and its success, but the movie starred Harrison Ford, who is a massively famous actor in his own right very you know famous for his good looking he played action characters before and then steven spielberg is another huge name he's a very famous director very successful did movies like et and jurassic park like you mentioned worked a lot with john williams so these three names put together plus john williams as the composer means that this movie was destined for success yes it was yeah and then the second Indiana Jones film, which came out three years later, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which was a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So similar to Star Wars, the prequel came out after the first movie and kind of provided some background context. Yes, it was set before Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Indiana Jones meets Willie Scott, who's a nightclub singer working in Shanghai, and meets Short Round, who's... Uh, who's 
an 11 year old boy and the film takes place in India. That's right. So it kind of has a different tone than the other movies, I would say, because it's a little bit darker and a little less focused on Indiana Jones academic background. Yes, I know. And the villain was the evil and ruthless Mola Ram. That's right. It's gangsters is essentially the villain. It was played by the late Rish Puri. And it there were some dark moments, I remember. Yeah. And I remember that that mood was kind of reflective of both Steven Spielberg and George Lucas going through darker times in their own lives that kind of bled into their work. They were both going through breakup and divorce at that time. I see. Interesting. Yeah. And I know it did have like some weird animal foods from animals like monkey brains, like eating bugs and things like that. Yeah, and it's where this is a good time to mention that the Indiana Jones series does portray, you know, in his travels to other countries, a lot of stereotypes about people and cultures, which we definitely don't support. Yeah. Just something to mention because it's important to take movies like this with a grain of salt when it comes to what they say about other cultures. I know, yeah. I remember, yes. At the beginning of the film, I think had a reference to a Broadway musical. Oh, interesting. Which Broadway musical? I'm not sure, though, but uh, Willie Scott was a performer and dancer, I remember. What about the third movie? Which came out five years later, The Last Crusade, which was a sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so we had the middle movie and then the prequel and then the sequel. What was the plot of the sequel? Indiana Jones meets a woman named Elsa Schneider, and he goes on a journey to find his long-lost father, Henry Jones Sr., it's revealed that Henry Jones is his real name. Yeah, which is a big moment because obviously we know Indiana Jones is Indiana. Yes, I know. And then the beginning of the film started off as a prequel about Indiana Jones when he was a child. And the history of his relationship with his father, which is Rocky. Yep, I know. And his dog is named Indiana when he was a child. Yes, and the last crusade is what took place in, in Venice, Italy. And I remember the late Sir Sean Connery played, who was famous for James Bond, played Henry Jones Sr. That's right. Another big name. I know. I know that in this movie, there was um, Walter Donovan, who was the villain of that movie. And I remember Elsa was uh, played by Allison Duty. Elsa. We're not talking about Elsa from Disney's Frozen. We're talking about Elsa from the third Indiana Jones. That's right. An important distinction. I know that the third Indiana Jones also had like an homage, a commentary on World War II and the Nazis. Definitely. And I read an interesting history behind that. Sounds like it took a lot of back and forth and time for George Lucas to settle on who the villains for this film would be because he initially wanted to do, you know, Nazis again, but Steven Spielberg had done Schindler's List and didn't want to have Nazis as the villain. And then he talked then he thought about doing Aliens, but he didn't want to be repetitive with Star Wars. So there was a lot of, you know, concern about them both repeating ideas that they had done in other films. There was also a lot of discussion over, you know, whether it was too close to certain other films. Yes, in the 1990s, from 1992 until 1996, there was a prequel series called The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which focused on Indiana Jones 
when he was young before he became a world famous archaeologist. Yes. And it was interesting because it provided some background into his character and more about who he was as a person growing up. Yeah, I know. Interesting. Which I heard, I think, won a primetime Emmy. Wow. So it was really successful. Yes. I know there was one scene wherein they had Harrison Ford come back and narrate the TV show. And that was the episode that inspired George Lucas to then make a film about an older Indiana Jones. Yes, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which came out in 2008. And what's the plot of it? It's set years later. It's like Soviet Union about Russia. And I remember the villain was Irina Spalko, who was the leader of like an army from Russia. And it introduced Mutt Williams, played by Shia LaBeouf. That's right. And apparently there was a lot of back and forth on who should be the villain in this one, too. But they decided you couldn't talk about the 1960s without talking about the Cold War. And so it made sense to make the Russians the villains. Yes, I remember. And I remember the scene when Indiana Jones was in a fake town and it referenced the classic show Howdy Doody. Oh, of course. We love a good cameo. Yes. And then it was the explosion because it was referencing the Cold War. And I remember in the beginning, it had the song Hound Dog, the famous song by Elvis. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. Yeah, kind of a funny song choice for that movie. Yes. And I remember there was the Crystal Skull. And I remember that film reintroduced reintroduced Marion Ravenwood from the first movie. That's right. And she's aged two. Yes. And it was revealed that Mutt Williams is the son of Marion Ravenwood. They go on an adventure. Yeah, I remember seeing it in a theater. And before we talk about the new one, let's talk about the other stuff in the franchise. Of course, this franchise of movies was so successful. Of course, they were going to spin this series off into other concepts. Like there's been a lot of video games over the years. I know, like for consoles and online and smartphones, they did a lot of games for. And I know there's even been theme park attractions. Which all of that makes so much sense because it's such an action-filled movie. And like Star Wars, there were Indiana Jones-based attractions in Disney parks before Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Which was in 2012, right? Yes. Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular is a show at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which first debuted at when the park first opened at Disney's MGM Studios when it first opened in 1989. And then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril, which is in which is a, a roller coaster that opened in 1993 at Disneyland Paris. And then Indiana Jones Adventure, which originally premiered as Indiana Jones as the Forbidden Eye and opened at Disneyland in uh, 1995, which I've been on and I do find a little scary. Why is it scary? Because of the themes of it and how there's a lot of like creepy stuff and it's interesting that you say that because while Indiana Jones is primarily action and adventure, they do work a lot of creep into it. There's not, they definitely don't shy away from gore or from some truly scary looking things, you know, things that kind of make yeah. you want to look away from the screen. So that makes sense. I know. Yeah. And they also have it in Tokyo Disney Sea as well when the park first opened in 2001, which was Tokyo Disneyland Resort's second park. And it opened when Tokyo Disney Sea opened in September of 2001. Interesting. Yeah. And 
then there's Indiana Jones Summer of Mysteries, which was an event they had in the summer of 2008, which they had as a limited time promoting the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Wow, that's a big marketing effort. Yeah, I know Indiana Jones has had a cultural impact in a lot of things, like in other movies and shows, like Family Guy, The Simpsons, or in a lot of movies and things. Like VeggieTales referenced it as Minnesota Cuke, starring Larry the Cucumber as Minnesota Cuke, a parody of Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's right. That was really clever. And there's even been Lego Indiana Jones like sets they had. And I know there's been one episode of Sesame Street as showing Telly Monster as Texas Telly, a parody of Indiana Jones as well, showing Telly Monster being like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, because Indiana is a state, it's easy to throw any state name in there and then have a single syllable last name that's pretty plain, and boom, you're parodying Indiana Jones. I know. Indiana Jones has also gotten comics and novels as well, and even tabletop RPGs. Yes, and in 2016, there's even been a fan animated movie of it. Oh, fun. Yeah, people love Indiana Jones, like I was saying. They love him and they want to make more. And I know the original deal between George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Paramount Pictures was that they would make five Indiana Jones movies in the franchise. So this last movie, which, you know, it took, what, 13 years to come out? 15 years, I know. And Indiana Jones is back in this new film, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny which I know Phoebe Walter-Bridge plays a new character, Helen Shaw. That's right. And Indiana Jones is a lot later in life, as is Harrison Ford. Obviously, he's a lot older than in the original movies. Although they slightly de-aged him, and I did hear it's been in development limbo for years, and it's the first Indiana Jones film not directed by Steven Spielberg. That's right. It was directed by James Mangold. Mangold, yes, I know. And I know that this film had been originally planned to be released in 2019, but then got taken over by the release date for the remake of The Lion King, then other years, but got delayed due to COVID happening, which it got released on yesterday, was eventually announced. That's right. So, wow, it overcame a lot of delays, it sounds like. Yes, and it is important to note that even though Steven Spielberg didn't direct this and George Lucas didn't write it, both of them were executive producers for this film. So they were very much involved in the filmmaking process. Yeah, I know that uh, Marion Ravenwood does return. I did hear that Shia, read that Shia LaBeouf was absent in it. Interesting. So a little bit different cast. Yes, I know. But pretty much a similar adventure, it seems like. Indiana and a new character, Helen, are looking for this dial that is able to change time, trying to keep it out of the hands of the villain who wants to use it for his own evil intentions. Yeah, I hear it's also become the longest film in the franchise. Oh, interesting. Well, now that it's out, we can both look forward to going and seeing it. And I'm happy after all these years, there's another Indiana Jones movie. Me too. I'm happy they followed through. Yes. Shall we move into trivia now? Yes. All right. We have to answer last episode's question about Wally. What famous comedian played Shelby Forthright 
the CEO of BNL, the fictional company in Wally. And the answer is the late great comedian Fred Willard. What else is he famous for? He was famous for things like A Mighty Wind, Best in Show, and Modern Family. He's done other voice, he's done voices and animated stuff too. And his character, Shelby Forthright, was the first and only live action character in a Pixar film. Wow, interesting. I didn't know that. I know he passed away a few years ago at the age of 86, but he's been remembered for making a lot of people laugh. He was very funny, and we were grateful to have his voice in so many things. I know. Now we've got a question about Indiana Jones. Hmm. What is the name of an attraction at one of the Disney parks that was envisioned but was never built? About Indiana Jones. Yeah. There you go. If you think you know the answer, be sure to listen to next episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! Goodbye! (laughs) Goodbye!